Okay, and you can hear me okay? There's no echoing today? Nope, no echoes. Okay. All right, so I'll just dive right in. So thank you for being here today. And for our audience, I wanna welcome Leslie Taylor. Leslie is from the Tshat First Nation, but has roots on the West Coast and mainland in Musqueam. She's a mother, daughter, wife, friend, auntie, cousin, granddaughter, yoga teacher, and an indigenous youth worker. She wears many hats, but the most prominent would be mother and intergenerational survivor of residential school. That is a lot. That is definitely many hats. <laughs> um, and yeah, you've been working through it. So you're heading into um, coaching and, you know, sort of, of a wellness practice. You've got, I don't know how to say it properly, Isaac? Isaac. Isaac, wellness. Yeah. So maybe you can tell me a little bit more about the name um, and what that means. Yeah, for sure. So ESOC in my language means respect. And I've always heard that term used when we are talking about the land and the earth and how we need to treat the land with respect. And I just thought how lovely it would be if we took that word and that's how we treated our bodies and our minds and our spirits. Um, I think we just make, or at least I personally make different choices better choices for myself when I treat myself with respect. And it's kind of like I'm moving back towards that um, because we've come so far away from that in our people um, due to the impacts of colonization and genocide in Canada. We've basically been told um, by all the systems and the government that we are worthless, we mean nothing. So I thought it's just a nice, um, space to move back to um and a big part of my healing is is just that right like learning to respect myself and love myself and so that's where my name comes from yeah I love that I have a huge admiration for indigenous culture um you know and I don't I don't know too much but from what I do know it just really resonates with you know a proper way of being and um, connection. So maybe you can share a little bit more about how you started to incorporate, you know, more of your Indigenous culture into your life. Yeah, for, um, I don't know, in my early 20s is when I started to really look around at my community and my family and notice that there was a lot of differences, um, lots of addiction, lots of trauma, lots of pain. And um, I didn't really learn about residential school and in school at all in high school or in elementary. So to open my eyes in my twenties and see like what my grandparents had survived and how that was impacting my family. Um, I went through a lot of like hurt and um, grieving about that. And I still do, but um, sorry, it's got to deny the call. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, that's kind of when I started to realize that all my life there was a reason that I didn't love or like who I was or the color of my skin and it was time to start changing that because everybody deserves to feel love for themselves and the body you're in and so that's when I started to embrace my culture and I got to um I'm at a point now where I've realized that like culture isn't necessarily singing and dancing and praying like it doesn't have to look Anyway, um, you can be cultural and still not know those things which were taken from our people. So that's brought me a lot of peace because 
don't have like as a mom I just don't have a lot of time to like go and be with the elders and all the knowledge keepers so it's helped me let go of a lot of shame and embrace that like I am indigenous and I'm cultural even on the days and even if I never learn those things um so I think the most cultural thing I do is taking care of myself which is what movement does for me mm-hmm yeah, that's beautiful. That's been a lesson in my own spiritual practice as well, is that I can be a spiritual person, you know, without wearing flowy clothes and, you know, lighting candles every day. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way. It is, it's sort of just like in your heart and yeah, like a respect for yourself. I love that. Yeah, but um, I mean, I do appreciate and love when I get to be at community events where they're singing and dancing, and I for sure do have some of that knowledge, um, but I don't get to do it every single day. So what I can access every day is usually movement, like yoga, walking, gym. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so great that, you know, you are still able to access cultural practices that it hasn't been completely wiped out in spite of efforts of our country and government um so that's that's really really nice um so I think we first met for your wedding is that is that correct I think yes yeah so I was second shooting for the lovely Kimberly Koufos um and so we connected online after that and I've sort of been following your healing journey from parts that you share online um which is sort of what compelled me to reach out for the for the chat I think it's the healing journeys like of our neighbors and friends that we learn the most um so you spoke a little bit about what compelled you down to you know compelled you to instigate this journey I know for me it was just sort of like this unbearable weight of being like never really being able to cope properly um even when my life was top notch on paper I would still sort of feel like this you know, dissatisfaction, like was never sort of content. Um, and it compelled me to change it. So simply to be able to enjoy life more. So I know that's different for everyone. And you shared a little bit more, a little bit about what it was for you, but um, maybe you want to speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, I could speak more to that. So what kind of compelled me down this path of wellness and movement was really like that same time in my twenties when I looked around and was like, everybody I love is struggling so deeply and I need to I need to break and stop these cycles of addiction and abuse and trauma because I knew one day I was going to be a mother and now I am a mother to a four-year-old so it's um, even more important to me now that I stop the cycles that were never our way like none of these behaviors and all these things were never people's way like we didn't even have words in our language for alcohol or abuse like that just wasn't a thing that happened but now you look around and my community families and people are just like flooded with it so that's when I knew I need to do things differently I need to take care of myself I need to be well so I can pass that on to my daughter and every generation can just get stronger and healthier Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. And it's not, it's not easy work to be able to recognize those patterns in yourself first, like even that alone is so difficult to see, um, like our reactive patterns and just how we respond to life is, is, you know, sort of ingrained in us in our first sort of seven years. So to be able to have that self-awareness to be able to recognize this is a pattern and this is what I need to change is so difficult. and. 
it's not easy work. And so you're using sobriety and movement to be able to, to move through um, all those feelings that come with intergenerational trauma and how has that helped? How, how do you, you know, maybe you can talk about sobriety and movement and how that helps you. Yeah, it really helps a lot. Um, becoming a parent, like brought up a lot of stuff I didn't really expect. Um, and my own traumas, I guess, and the ways my parents, like they did the very best and so did their parents, but it wasn't necessarily what was right for me or healthy for me. So being a mom brought up a lot of that for me. Um, and I feel like I'm always kind of on extra, like 24 seven and just to like be constantly aware and checking in, like, am I doing like, am I repeating things? Am I repeating cycles? Am I doing it differently? Like, it's just a lot of pressure. I put on myself 24 hours a day to try to make sure that I'm not doing those things. So that's brought, um, a new level of like exhaustion and, um, grieving up, I guess. So mm-hmm. My movement practices really like help bring my nervous system down, which can be a little bit um, on 24 seven. And that's no way to live your life. Like being exhausted in that way, 24 seven, it's, it's just not a way to live your life. And I have a lot of tools. Um, I started counseling probably when I was like 10 ish and I've always gone back to it. It's probably my most like stable practice in my life is counseling works really, really well for me. So I saw the same counselor for probably 10, 11, 12 years. And then we kind of outgrew each other. She became more like a family um, friend of mine. And it took me a little while to find a new counselor. Um, if anybody's ever had to switch counselors before, you know, it's a, it's an interesting bumpy road trying to find somebody new who um, can give you what you need. Um, so I finally found somebody and I think that's like the strongest tool I probably have in my toolbox is counseling. I see my counselor sometimes every week if things are going, um, a little bit hectic in my life. Um, and yeah, that's my tool that I come back to always and I will always see a counselor. Um, and then movement too. I feel pretty similar after a session in the gym or run outside as I do after a session with the counselor. So I really like that parallel. Um, If I can't see my counselor, which I can't ever see her every day, (laughs) I can fit Mm -hmm. in a yoga session or a walk with my daughter outside or whatever it has to look like. Yeah, it really is just moving that energy sort of out of the body, hey? Like whether it is through speaking and talking, I find that even even just the um, vibrations of our vocal cords help to tone the vagus nerve, which helps to calm and reset the um, nervous system. And and I think too, what I find um, with with counseling or if you have like a confidant or something aside, other than your partner, it helps to sort of relieve that, that um funnel that needs to be there I don't think we can funnel all that into our partners a lot of the time so I think counseling um is really important and yeah movement just moving that energy out of the body because it does just sort of come up and then it's like where you know we either start directing it and projecting it onto our family or friends or life or other situations where it's not even warranted um so to be able to to use movement to get it out and then for sobriety you know like aside from just obviously wanting to break that cycle how do you how do you feel sober yeah sobriety has been interesting um because it's been kind of a a mental battle in my head I wouldn't say that I necessarily 
I'm fortunate to not feel like I have received that um, genetic from my family. Um, Cause I've heard and read like science where it's like this gene you carry and it can get turned on at any time. Um, but I feel pretty fortunate that I haven't actually felt addicted to alcohol. Although there is a lot of pressure and normalization in our society that alcohol is a part of a fun time and a beer with dinner is like no big deal. Um, and I think I, I just don't, it just doesn't sit right with me, especially being a mother. Um, my daughter's still, she's turning four and she still loves chest feeding. Like it's, it's just the bond we have. And so I've always been grateful to have that in the back of my head. Whenever I do think about having a drink is like, I know that it will pass through my milk and I don't want that for her. Like she's, she has no say in the matter. She has no choice and it's never felt right. So I think it was March this year. I was finally like, I've always been in between and being indecided isn't always a good feeling either for, especially if you live with anxiety. Um, so I finally just was like, I'm just going to step into this and own it because drinking doesn't feel right for me. Um, with all the addiction in my family, especially, um, I lost both my grandparents to alcoholism. Um, it just brings up too much. The, the word and the substance itself just brings up a lot of gross feelings for me. Um, and I also never, ever could imagine like putting my daughter through what I've been through loving my family who have addiction. So it's just the right choice for me. And I'm really happy to be stepping into not drinking. It also doesn't align at all with my values as like a parent and a youth worker, because I don't want that future for my daughter. I don't want that future for the youth I work with. I want them to see there's a different way to live and that sobriety can be fun and you can have a lot of clarity. So sobriety is actually probably one of the biggest um, strengths I think I have in my wellness too, is because no matter how hard things get and some days are really gross and hard, some days are really, really hard. Um, I could definitely see myself like reaching for a glass of wine or something to wind down or whatever. And I don't at all judge people who alcohol fits in their life and that's what helps them wind down, but it's not for me. And I feel really good every day when I don't pick up a drink of anything. I wake up clear the next day. Um, yeah, sobriety is really important to me in my own life. Yeah, it really is so ingrained in society. And, you know, even like moms having glasses of wine is such a, you know, trope. Um, and um, what's interesting is that I find for myself too, because I am like very sensitive. I have big emotions. I always have, I have intergenerational trauma myself. Um, and I've found like through Chinese medicine, I'm a big proponent of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, um, that all your emotional energy is filtered. It goes through your liver. And so when your liver is already congested from drinking and you know, not eating well and all these things, it increases your emotions, which most people can attest to, you know, like the next day after drinking, they'll feel extra anxiety or they're extra snappy with their kids or they're just depressed is another one. Um, so as somebody who struggles with anxiety and depression and, and big emotions, it does not do me any favors. I am not fully sober I still enjoy a drink every now and then but it's getting so few and far between now that I might as well just not but I'm not quite there yet um 
But yeah, and then I also read recently too <clears throat> that um, I don't remember what it was in, but um, with a clear liver, you also have more of a sense of alignment um, with with like your spiritual practice or your sense of purpose in this world. So sobriety really helps you in in feeling more grounded and aligned and to be able to get those ideas and, and things that are part of your life's calling. Um, so it really just helps to be clear um, on all fronts. Um, okay, so you've recently made the foray into coaching. You're talking about sobriety and movement for wellness. Um, did you try other avenues first? And what led you to that path? I'm a huge proponent of natural medicine and lifestyle as best remedy for mental health. But I also recognize that pharmaceuticals have their place and time. Mm -hmm. um, so have, did you try other avenues first before going this route? Yes, I have. And I have tried pharmaceuticals because I've gotten to the point where things felt so bad and so unable to change things myself um, that I've tried twice and both times haven't been successful. So I'm kind of starting to embrace the idea and reality that pharmaceuticals just aren't right for my body. They just don't feel right in my body. So I definitely have checked that off and I know that it is right for a lot of people. Um, so I'm not knocking pharmaceuticals at all. I think they can save lives and give you great quality life if that's what you and your doctor decide. Um, so I have tried that. Um, and yeah, I think really, I just, I found running when I was like 18 and it kind of gave me a reason to not get drunk the night before because I, I realized I loved running so much. Um, it felt so good in my head and my body, but at the same time I was in a time in my life where alcohol felt really good as well. Um, and I was drinking a little bit too much and then I fell in love with running. So since I was, I don't know, 17, 18, I've pretty much consistently had that tool in my life of movement, like whether it was running or yoga or spinning. Um, if I look back through the last like decade or so, every time there's something really like heavy happening in my life, there's some form of movement that's going on and kind of keeping me grounded in some moments and some days um and yeah I do cycle through like different forms of movement because well I'm kind of I don't know I'm 30 and my bot my knees are like no we're not running anymore yeah <laughs> it's not a thing that you can do um so yeah I I usually just I like to try different things like being out berry picking on the land is really um, a good tool too. And it's just as physical as being in the gym, right? Like you're squatting down, you're reaching down, you need different kind of mobility for that. Um, being out fishing with my community, I'm fortunate to be from a local nation here. And we have the paper mill dam where those of us who don't have like boats and gill nets to fish for sockeye, we all go a few Saturdays um, of the year and gather up at the paper mill dam and we have like some boats we hire to like drop out the net but then all of our members go out and like pull it in together and super heavy and lots of work and you have to carry all the fish back up so those are like the tools that I use um, and then counseling for sure I that's definitely a tool that I use and will always use and I'm so grateful that I I discovered when I was young.
Mm, that's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I'm hopeful that should I break a leg or have a heart attack that the hospital and pharmaceuticals are there to help me and save me. Um, but, and I don't know when it was, and maybe it was, you know, when I was younger, but I remember, um, Dr. Phil of all people, I mean, he's kind of got a Jerry Springer reputation now, but back in the day, he was like a respectful doctor, you know, like Oprah vouched for him. But I remember him saying with pharmaceuticals for things like depression and anxiety, that it, it doesn't actually resolve the problem. Uh-huh. You know, like it's putting a bandaid on it. You'll feel better temporarily. And sometimes you need to feel better temporarily just to get through. And that's totally valid, but you still need to do that work and solve, solve the problem of what's causing those feelings. So, um, yeah, that's just always stuck with me. And so that's why I've always tried to do the work, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead, of, instead of just trying to bandaid it. Um, yeah. Okay, where am I in our questions? You know, let's consult my notes. So yeah, I guess we're at here. It's like, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, you're you're starting this coaching program. Where do you want to go with it? Oh, that's a really big question for um, me. <laughs> I'm a little bit like. Um, restless in my life in a lot of ways Um, maybe I haven't really found the place I want to be with work so that's a good question where do I want to be in five years I think the most important part of where I am in five years is that I'm doing the same work for myself I'm doing today that I'm still healing I'm still learning about boundaries I'm still making choices that are right for me um sober I know for sure in five years I would still love to be sober um and then I do work like at the school district as a indigenous support worker at our alternative high school in town so of all the places I've worked and all the jobs I've done I think my calling for sure is with our indigenous youth so however like things how are they progressing in the next few years with my wellness business and um, my life? I know it will always loop back and include Indigenous youth at the forefront of it. So I'm curious how that's going to unfold because um, I really do rely on my like school district job to connect with the youth. But I would love to see, I don't know, like a an Indigenous Youth Advisory Council revived in town because I think we're missing their voice in a lot of really important systems in town that serve them and I think they deserve a space to share their voices um, and do cool activities together because if you look around town there's really not a lot happening for them these days like the city council they're like youth programming at the um, gyro drop-in so I don't see anywhere like that happening for them so I know in the next five years my work will still be centered around wellness and Indigenous youth um, yeah I don't know what that will look like exactly but that's where I'm heading no I think that's the perfect answer is it's you know it's really centered on a way of being rather than a list of you know I want to make this much money or I want to um, <laughs> reach these specific goals um, 
because I mean, even for me, like my, my focus is constantly shifting and it usually is just on what's feeling right for me in this time. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have been able to maintain self-employment where I can make those shifts and, and move to where my focus and where my heart is directing me. So um, yeah, I really love that answer. So that you're not just specifically, you know, climbing a corporate ladder, it really is based on your values and your way of being. And I think that is what wellness is, is truly about is staying focused on that. Amazing. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Um, I actually have had this really like powerful quote that I heard a few months ago, and I would love to share it before mm -hmm. I leave because it really brings me back to yoga and um, any kind of movement, right? That like makes your makes you be in your body because so much of the time we spend like outside thinking about um what we need to do for this person um what we need to do work like for this part of our life and we spend so little time in our bodies um so I was at this like training by this wonderful woman um from the North Island her name's Avis O'Brien and she owns I think it's Nalaga Consulting um and she runs this like beautiful suicide prevention training for Indigenous youth. And she shared these words that just like have really stuck in my head. And I've kind of always felt it, but she just put it into words. And it was so beautiful. So she said, anytime we spend in our bodies, present in our bodies is an act of um, resistance. So resisting all the racism, resisting all of the ways we've always been told we're yucky we're ugly we're worthless um anytime we spend in our bodies is an act of resistance and I thought oh my gosh like that is so beautiful and so true so anytime you take time to be in your body whatever that looks like for you you're doing work you're working and that's healing our people and it's healing yourself and I just really wanted to share that because it plays on repeat in my head all the time mm -hmm. I love that too what beautiful words to to close on um I love that. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, I definitely need to go spend some time <laughs> in my body as well. Today. <laughs> um, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Um, and yeah, I will, I will send it to you before I, before I send out and you can edit anything or let me know anything that you want to change or remove and um, do that before posting. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Leslie. Chew. Okay. Bye.